Welcome to episode 72 of The Luke Winstall Show. My next guest, blocked for Todd Gurley, Nick Chubb, and Sony Michelle in college, is a former University of Georgia offensive lineman and a Capital One Bowl, Belk Bowl, and Tax Slayer Bowl champion. Xavier Ward, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, man. Thank you for having me. Glad to have you on, and I want to start from the beginning and talk about your career and getting to the University of Georgia. How would you describe your journey? My journey I started with when I was a junior in high school after finishing in you know, semifinals. Coach Searles, he was the offensive line coach at UGA at the time. Um, he came to my last game when we played Camden County. Um, after that, he arrived at, at my school like that Tuesday or that next week. And he told me that um, the University of Georgia wanted to offer me a scholarship. So it was my first offer. Truly, I, I never thought, I, I would never say that I would be a college football player. Like, they didn't have no thought, no advanced thought process in my mind. I didn't know, and I didn't know how recruiting worked at the time. And I assumed that, like, man, to get to that next level, you gotta be a great player and whatnot. But I was truly fortunate to receive that as my first offer. I had a couple of offers and whatnot. I felt like it, I felt like UGA was a fit for me, but as other things, I always like maybe it's not just kind of playing around a little bit. Then around Christmas time, I found out that they had dropped on me because they had filled up on scholarships for office linemen that they were bringing in. Uh, around close to signing day, a couple of weeks, basically a couple of days before signing day, I get a phone call about somebody either declaring or something happened where they were able to open up a scholarship and they were trying to bring on another office line. Um, I had just gotten back from Mississippi State recruiting trip at that time. My coach called, my high school coach called me in his office and was able to ask me like, which school did you want to go with? I knew at that point in time that I felt like UGA fit me before any other school. And also, during my official visit at Mississippi State, uh, a guy, a defensive end named Ray Drew, gave me a call. And he was basically selling me on Georgia, like, hey, man, all the South Georgia guys, we all going to Georgia, man. You might as well come along. And that that's basically it. Like, after that, I was convinced, like, yeah, a lot of my friends going, I feel like it's fit for me. I think we can make this work. That's interesting. Yeah, I remember watching Ray play. How many calls like that did you get from different people that are your peers and your other players trying to get you to go to a certain school? A couple, a couple different different guys at different schools would hit me up here and there. But I had developed a relationship with like the guys in South Georgia that played like near me and finding out that they were all going to the same school kind of brought that sense of community that I wanted to join in. Now, also, like I said, I felt like UGA was the best fit for me for my mindset, my attitude. I was able to, whenever I got healthy enough, I could compete or whatever, um, just to try, try to win. Once you got to the University of Georgia, what was your favorite moment playing there? I would say my favorite moment was 2012, the first game of the season. 
we were playing the University of Buffalo. Um, Khalil Matt played on that University of Buffalo team, but he was actually suspended at that time. So we played against Buffalo. Um, during the game, John Thieves had gotten hurt. So I had to step in, go in the game and step in. And on the first play, it was a power play. Me and the guard doubled to the linebacker. And Ty Gurley was able to run behind us and immediately go in for a score. So that was one of my favorite plays at UGA. Yeah, I know there's a famous picture from Todd's celebration at the end of that play. Oh, yeah, Ty. A lot of great talent. A lot of great talent. Ty Gurley was a, a phenomenal athlete. And that was when he started to break out, right? Right around that game in that 2012 season? Yes. Um, that game basically popped off the season. As, um, basically, as the team, I'll say the team goal was to make the AC championship and win the AC championship and also try to get a national championship. And that was basically his breakout game. After that, then it was like going – Follow what she wrote, and how we become a, a better, getting better and better with time. The team, the offense is going better and better with time. The defense is playing really good. Uh, we had a, a couple bumps and bruises here and there, but overall, in 2012, we were able to have a really good season, um, making it to the SEC championship, uh, losing to Alabama, but going to the Capital Ramp Bowl and being able to beat Nebraska. Definitely. Now, I'm wondering, as an offensive lineman, what was your first impression of Todd Gurley? First impression of Todd Gurley, I would say he was very playful, very playful, and very joking around, relaxed guy. Um, how Todd is on the field, similar to how he is in like daily life. Todd, and he was very humble, very humble. I remember having a conversation with him during his freshman year. He's like, man, I hope I just make it like, make it 800 yards this season or something like that. Um, he did not expect the success that happened to him. But he deserved it. He worked hard for it. He's a really good player. And he continued to grind. He does that to this day. He never stops working. So he benefiting from all of his labor right now. And then. I'm curious when you've got a guy like Todd or even Aaron Murray, guys that have a lot of success behind an offensive line that's full of guys like you that were underappreciated or didn't get as much attention. Did they ever do anything cool for you guys? Yes, yes, actually. I remember in 2012, Aaron Murray would get the offensive line ice cream every Sunday after we won the game. <laughs> if, if he didn't have any sacks, during, during that game, we would eat ice cream on Sunday with him. He would take us to um, Ben and Jerry's uh, ice cream spot downtown, downtown Athens, and we'll enjoy ice cream with him. So that was a nice little reward for the hard work that we put in. How many times did that happen? As far as I know, it was, it was most of the season. Awesome. You know, rare occasion when we didn't go to um, Ben and Jerry's on a Sunday. I'm curious now, you've played in some big bowl games. You mentioned a win over Nebraska. You had the Belk Bowl in 2014 as well. So I'm curious, 
what is a bowl game experience like from a player's perspective? Uh, bowl games are, are great experiences. Um, you're able to go pl- different places that you've never been before, um, exploring different cities. Uh, this takes me back to the Capital One Bowl in 2012 when we played Nebraska. Outside of practice, we went to different events such as like Disney World. We went to all the parks. I remember with my teammates, Ty Gurley and all them guys, we hopped on the um, the Haunted Tower or the Tower of Terror. Um, watching everybody's reaction on that was absolutely hilarious. But you get to find new experiences, do different th- different things, go new places, um, have different restaurants. Also, another time in 2011, at Outback Bowl, we was able to go to a Temple, Temple um, Storm hockey game was really exciting because at that point in time, I have never been to a hockey game before. So it was really interesting to enjoy a new, new experience. How'd you end up liking hockey? I was just amazed on how these giant guys can balance themselves phenomenally well on ice. Like I know I cannot ice skate to save my life. Probably can barely skate, but <laughs> yeah. for people to be doing all types of tricks and like so well practice to ice skate while on playing a physical game, it amazes me. I commend them for that effort. What was your favorite city that you played in for a bowl game? I would say Orlando. Orlando's really nice. Like going to Disney World, that was the second time in my life that I ever went to Disney World time before that I was just a young child but at that point in time in 2012 I was able to enjoy the full experience and hopping on rides with my friends and that. I just loved Orlando now I've heard that the players get gifts and perks and sometimes a spending spree or something different in each bowl game what was your favorite gift or perk oh man so many great perks I would say um I don't exactly remember the bowl game, but we would have like Best Buy gift cards, um, get all types of different stuff. During the Belk Bowl, we had a Belk, a Belk shopping spree. We were able to go do all types of stuff. You get watches, balls, all types of memorabilia to remember your time during the bowl game, which I still have some of those items today to look back at my time at UGA. What did you buy on that belt shopping spree? At that time, I was trying to get like um, interview clothes ready and whatnot because I knew my journey playing football was coming to an end. So I was just trying to prepare myself for the future. Then also, when I was done with it, you was able to, if you didn't want to spend it all at that time, you could take it home or give it to somebody, which was really nice. What was the coolest thing that you saw somebody buy on one of the shopping sprees? Um, I would say during one of them Best Buy shopping sprees, I think somebody had bought like a whole sound system wow. for their car. <laughs> so that was, pretty, that was pretty awesome. That was pretty crazy. Um, and they bought like sound systems for their rooms at the dorms and their housing. Whatnot. So that was probably the craziest it got. Awesome. I know that around the game, 
There's weeks leading up to it, lots of practice, obviously the travel, and once you get to your location, I understand there's different events, whether it be banquets or team bonding or anything in between. What was a memory that sticks out to you from one of those types of events? I would say the LCA events. Um, at the LCA events, we were able to hear different player stories through Christ and how their journey, journey through, um, through God strengthened them and had helped them along the way. I, I really admire things like that and listening to people's journeys of how they came, how they came to where they're at and how they're leading their life going forward. I really am interested in stuff like that. Was there any FCA story that you still remember or the message still sticks out to you now? Uh, yes. Um, matter of fact, one of my teammates, Chris Burnett, he, he would tell about his story, basically his journey to Christ, how for years he wasn't an actual Christian, but he only became a Christian to get to the University of Georgia. So in that journey, he basically he learned how to become a Christian with a Christian what being a Christian details and he was able to find a newfound faith and also bring his family to the faith which was really enjoyable I'm all about people finding who they are and what they represent and he was able to bring his family along with him on his journey to faith so I really admire that about him and about people that share their stories We know the NCAA is going to let players make money off of their likeness now if they'd allowed that when you played, what would you have done? I probably would have started with my hometown or something like that. Um, just trying to market myself to the best of my ability. Or giving them that freedom to be able to market towards different people and using their own likeness. Like, I know Ty Gurley could have used that in um, 20, 2014. That year he got suspended for a couple of games because he's on his way to win a Heisman. And I think if he would have never, if that suspension would have never happened, we would have had a second Heisman winner. Yeah. But, you know, things happen. Everything happened for a reason. And we was able to get that for him. But that has changed the game of college football. I, I really enjoy that rule, enjoy that change, because that gives players the ability to do for themselves and to build their brand. I'm just curious, when that happened to Todd during that 2014 season, what was the feeling like for you guys in the locker room? I would say the feeling in the locker room is like a giant weight. Line it back a little bit. Coach Rick, we had a team meeting, and Coach Rick walked into the meeting room and basically he told the whole team that Tide is being suspended due to some stuff that had went on, signing memorabilia and whatnot for somebody. So just a giant wave was on the team and whatnot. But the weeks after, immediately, I remember we played Missouri. Going up there, uh, there was just a certain, just a certain stigma about that whole week. Like what you see on ESPN, can the team bounce back without Ty Gurley and whatnot? And we was able to beat Missouri pretty, pretty decently um, that week because, and as we were beating Missouri, everybody on the team would hold up three because we believed in Ty Gurley. He was our brother, and we felt like 
that he should not have been suspended for something that is really meaningless and don't have nothing really to do with football. It's like college football. It's just him trying to deal his brain. But we was able to beat Missouri after that game immediately. The team responded really well, able to have a strong stretch until we came back. Just kept on going. I'm curious for what you're thinking about the UGA football team and program heading into 2020. Do you have any predictions or any expectations? I think I think UGA is on. They close to they close to their goals that they're trying to accomplish. They're on the path to greatness. Um, from what I watched last year, one more dynamic receiver. They're they're about one receiver away from the goals that they're set for. They're really close. Now, I'll tell you a funny story. In 2019, I had, during the SC Championship, I had the misfortune. I had to root against UGA because my little brother played for LSU on that championship team. So it was like basically a, a battle within myself. Like, I'm cheer, trying to cheer for both and just like, ah, I don't know what to do. <laughs> It's just, it's just craziness. It's craziness. But I think they're about one dynamic receiver away. I'm sure they, they got plenty of people to replace the guys that um in draft and whatnot. Just them getting their shot. And hopefully, if the season does happen, I also think about like what if the season doesn't happen, what happened to those guys? It might be like this, it, like their senior year and the freshman coming in. Like, would it here's the account or Will it be held against them? There's a lot of questions on what, how this, on what this season may transform. Now I want to head into our rapid fire section. Got four questions for you. First off, outside of yourself, who do you think is the best offensive lineman that UGA has produced in the past decade? In the past decade? Yes. I would say Isaiah Wynn. Isaiah Wynn. Um, that was, I was there. I was a senior when he was a freshman, and I instantly saw greatness in him at that point in time. I knew one day he was going to go first round because he just had that demeanor about him. Who was the most talented guy you ever had to block, whether it was a game, a practice, or a scrimmage? Most talented guy I had to block, I'll say probably Leonard Floyd. Leonard Floyd was an outside linebacker. Phenomenal pass rush moves. So I'm one of the best best pass rushes that I have ever faced against game or practice. What's the biggest positive to come out of quarantine for you? I would say on my ability to reach out to people, on check on people. Also trying to basically trying to just figure out who I am as a person and what I want to do for my life goals and whatnot. I would say um I've been helping people, working on my my teaching journey, and mentoring like new athletes that's going into um, going into college or high school. I spend my time mentoring young men in high school. Just basically trying to be as big as a hedge as possible. And finally, what does life after football look like for you? Immediately when I got down playing football, I wind up going back to my hometown, Mosey, Georgia, where I was able to work with the YMCA, with uh, working with young children 
And I did that for a number of years till finally hopping into the school system. Last year as a paraprofessional, this year will be my first year of being an actual school teacher. Um, I never expected to be a school teacher or anything. When I was, If you would have told me I would have been a teacher when I was in college, I probably would just walk past like, nah, I don't, I don't see that happening at all. But it's crazy how life takes us through different journeys and whatnot. So I'm excited to see what happens in the future on this teaching journey to see if it, la- if it lasts forever, then that's great. If a new venture pops up, then that's awesome too. What do you teach? I'll be teaching special ed at an elementary school. Awesome. And what led you down that road? Well, when I was in college, I knew this prep school back in my hometown. And I kept in contact with him for years and years. Uh, he was like basically one of my mentors when I was in college. And coming back coming back to South Georgia and doing work in community and whatnot, he felt like that I should be a teacher. At first, I was, I was kind of shy about it. I was like, nah, I don't think I want to be a teacher, anything like that. But my journey in life, I have always worked with children. So I feel, and children are truly my passion. So the role, basically the role was paid out for me to become a teacher. Awesome. Well, Xavier, it's great to hear from you. Thank you for joining me on the show. Hey, thank you for having me. Thank you again to Xavier for joining me on the show. Coming up next on the podcast, I'm joined by Baltimore Ravens fullback and 2019 Pro Bowler Pat Ricard. On the show, I talked with Pat about being one of the few true two-way players in the NFL, playing with Lamar Jackson, and being one of the many Ravens who made the Pro Bowl in 2019. That concludes this edition of the podcast. I'm Luke Winstall. This is The Luke Winstall Show.